Welcome to Omni, the show where we explore emerging social innovations and chat with social innovators. I'm your host, Daniel Weinsberg. Entrepreneurship as a word was born around the 19th century, although the idea has been along since the dawn of man. The idea really gained steam as market economies began replacing agrarian-based economies during the Industrial Revolution. And here we are, squarely in the 21st century, and we're seeing entrepreneurship elevating its importance culturally, economically, and far beyond. Why is that? Major corporations right now who've typically been the drivers of job growth and since the industrial age, they're no longer creating jobs at the same rate they were in the past. They're able to take advantage of awesome technologies like AI and machine learning and automation to begin replacing some of their workers with computers. So now, in today's current market, we're relying on entrepreneurs and entrepreneurial efforts to be the creators of job growth for the future. But we live in kind of wild times right now. And so we're relying on entrepreneurs, these creative risk takers, to begin developing new businesses, connecting new ideas and innovative ways to better provide services and to drive job growth for years to come. Today, I sit down with Elizabeth Gore. Elizabeth is the president of Hello Alice, a digital ecosystem that's connecting entrepreneurs with the resources they need to scale and succeed. It's the first ever AI platform for business owners. Hello Alice prioritizes services for women and minorities and veterans, and they also serve white males like myself. But prior to Alice, Elizabeth has been involved in some incredible entrepreneurial efforts locally, regionally, and globally. She's held the title of Entrepreneur in Residence at Dell Technologies, the United Nations Foundation, and she has started to uh, amass quite the accolades and awards. She's been named one of People's Top 100 Extraordinary Women in Fast Company's Most Creative People in Business, Entrepreneur Magazine's Women to Watch, and it is my distinct honor to sit down and chat with her about her perspective, her work, and her impact on the global entrepreneurial ecosystem. Elizabeth, thanks so much for taking the time my to pleasure. sit down. I'm really excited to chat with you. You've got such a unique and global perspective on this topic. So. I appreciate it. I'm excited. Yeah, so um, before we really jump into things, what is the problem that you're currently working on solving? Oh, I look at it as an opportunity. Okay, I love it. So um, I, I think there's a massive opportunity for underrepresented business owners to launch and scale. So we call it the new majority. So pretty soon, the majority of business owners collectively will be women, people of color, our US veterans, military spouses, LGBTQ, people with disabilities, uh, folks in smaller towns. So you would think traditionally the hmm. folks that um, have not been invested in in a way that uh, I think we should moving forward. And not just because it's the right thing to do, but all the data shows that when they're giving equal access to capital and networks, they far, um, 
far outpace their white male counterparts. So, uh, so it's very exciting. We have a, our company is HelloAlice.com, and we're open to everyone, even our white male counterparts. Thank you. But we absolutely uh, ensure that the connectivity resources and abilities of our folks who uh, are generally marginalized uh, increase, which is really exciting. Yeah. How does Hello Alice go about facilitating that? So we're built on a, an AI platform. It took us years to build it. Um, and my co-founder, Carolyn, really saw the power of what is machine learning that evolves into AI, where we can aggregate the best content, resources, products, networks for owners and push it to them Mm -hmm. in the right moment in time and that then pulls them through the first three years of their business so um, anyone can search anything on the internet but if I know that you are uh, a white male that lives in Sonoma County and your business is in communications you need something very different than um, uh, maybe a woman in Detroit who's starting a fintech business so whether right. it's your industry diversity, their, your stage of growth, where you live, your gender, your ethnicity, your background, um, there are resources generally out there for you, but most owners are time poor, first of mm -hmm. all, all of us are, no matter right. how big we get. But also, particularly when you look at first generation owners or folks that aren't in Silicon Valley, uh, we're sitting in a beautiful spot right here on acres of land, but I still have the ability to launch and scale a business just like anyone else would. But finding those resources might be a little harder for me. So with Alice, when you come on, we ask you, what is your business idea? Or maybe you've launched, so we mm -hmm. say, what's your stage of growth? What industry is it? So are you opening a bakery? Are you opening a data company? And then where are you located? Because we try to find the resources within 10 miles of that business. We also then say, tell us about yourself. I want to know your gender, your ethnicity, are you a veteran? What other awesome things about you that will help us, first of all, mine potentially discounts. So veteran-owned, military spouse, thousands of discounts in the world. Most people don't actually go after them or know mm -hmm. about them. Now, if you're woman-owned or minority-owned, there are generally um, low equity loans for you and special funding and other opportunities that might be hard to navigate. Um, or maybe it's just a, a, a statement of geography. So um, there are might be SBIR grants from the Small Business Administration just because you're launching a business in Detroit. But those types of things are, are hard to navigate. So once you're on Alice, we push those resources to you based on the fact that you absolutely qualify for them. And so you had to code the AI then to get around the implicit bias yes. that exists in the dearth of data that we have? That's exactly right. We coded Alice uh, first with women in mind. Mm -hmm. And then what was really interesting when we were in beta, we had a lot of men coming on the platform. And we realized that there was just a set of folks who just were not as connected. So we went back to the drawing board and reopened it up. And, and as we built it, I think of AI like building a house. Um, we rolled out features for uh, all men and then men of color. We rolled out features for veterans and then we sliced that by gender and location. Then we figured out that military spouses is a whole other deal. Yeah. Native Americans and um, LGBTQ community are our latest that we've been really working to dig and find resources, which are not a lot, frankly, are people with physical disabilities 
who are starting companies in droves right now, which is really exciting. Yeah. Um, but there are different resource needs for those folks and trying to find those for them and ensure they know that, that to take advantage of them are important. So you're connecting them with everything from <laughs> mentors to funders to vendors? Mm-hmm. Everything. So you can think of Alice as a digital bridge. So we are pushing and pulling people into networks that might support them. So think of, um, we're here in Sonoma County. Um, think of, we have, have you applied to Sonoma County Alliance, the, the Metro Chamber of Commerce? If you're Latino or Latina, have you thought about the Hispanic Chamber? Mm-hmm. And then here are the seven local banks in the area that you might want to think of working with. Here's the angel funders that you might want to work with. But beyond that is also what is the path? A lot of people, when they launch their business, um, there's a lot of what next questions, right. or maybe I don't even know what question to ask next. So maybe it's the first time to ever file pay, uh, my taxes, or first time I'm ever running payroll. So we think of Alice that she's always up on your screen as mm-hmm. kind of a mentor or a sidekick who's with you and just consistently answering your questions and pushing you to the right resources. Okay. Yeah. It sounds and I awesome. Mention I like this she's center. free. She's free. Yeah. So Alice is a social enterprise. So our goal is to increase the success rate of small business owners globally, first and primarily in the United States. So she'll always be free. So how do you make this a sustainable effort? So we uh, we're equity backed first of all, okay. and we um, build trends based on data. So we run reports that say. Um, here are the success and fail rates of owners in Detroit or Sonoma County, for example. Or there's a lot of people who are really trying to understand the best places to invest in women in tech. So we can run reports on that. Um, there are enterprise companies who want to create better software and services, um, like Intuit, uh, looking at how do we improve QuickBooks so that more women use it. So we can run reports there. So while we don't ever share individual data, there, we're, we sit on top of thousands of points of data that yeah. we can aggregate and sell. And what are some of the trends you're finding in that data that are giving you hope or oh, man. making so you much scratch hope. your head? I'm a huge optimist. So, um, man, I could cut trends any, any which way. So just let's just start talking about women. Women are increasingly starting more businesses. About 40% of the businesses in America are started by women. Um, when they do get equal access to funding they're very successful which is really exciting um on on the tough side that we do have to to really work on is they only get a they get less than two percent of venture capital right now which is crazy because everything proves that they're 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 very very profitable businesses so we have a lot of work to do on getting capital out but the pipeline is increasing so no one can say anymore we have a pipeline issue that's not the case um, there's other trends by segment. If you look at the Northeast, uh, Washington, D.C., there's just this massive amount of African-American women starting and growing businesses that are quite successful. Um, veterans who are female are tending to be very successful in their business where we need to support our, our male veterans. They actually have higher fail rates since even after World War II. So I'm a daughter of an Air Force guy, so I'm very passionate about our vets. Mm -hmm. And since primarily most of them are male, we're really trying to understand what are the resources we can ensure that are reaching those vets. Like there's a great accelerator called Bunker Labs that started all around the country that we're huge fans of, Um, NAVSO, USAA. So there's just a lot of great programs for vets, but 
are they accessing them is another question. Right, mm -hmm. right. So we're here about 75 miles north of Silicon Valley. Mm -hmm. We've been affected by their entrepreneurial mm -hmm. ethos culture, but it seems more and more that across the globe, entrepreneurial efforts are becoming ever more so with every mm -hmm. passing year. Mm -hmm. Why? Um, so you're asking entrepreneurial efforts outside of Silicon Valley? Yeah, just across the globe. Yeah. What's so going I, on? There's this energy. I love it. it. I got to tell you. So this is really interesting. So I was with the UN, UN for 10 years, almost 10 years. And we did a massive survey in every country on the planet on what the UN's goals should be, uh, which are now called the Sustainable yeah. Development Goals. Um, and when we did that survey, every single country, anyone under 35 voted at the top access to entrepreneurship and job creation. And that was over health, good governance, education, ending poverty, disease. And this was in the U.S. and in Ghana and Somalia. You know, it was just really interesting to step back and look at that. And I have my personal opinion that's not backed up by any data, but I, I think this massive um, democracy of information has really allowed young people to get very excited about starting their own business. Mm -hmm. It's not just about the, the objectives that are right in front of you anymore. Like, Oh, there's that corporation or that factory or that NGO. It's right. now I see on, on my mobile phone or the internet, all these opportunities and that I have the capability. The second thing is the cost of launching a business is so much lower now and it will get, I just talked to, a big guy at Amazon yesterday, it's going to get lower and lower and lower. So launching your business, your website, your e-commerce platform, all of that collectively is about 70% lower than it was during our parents' generation. So it's not a little bit, it is huge. So uh, we're more educated. And then I also think the equality piece, so more women, people of mm -hmm. color, immigrants, um, having an equal shot is allowing so many more people to launch businesses. So it's awesome. I mean... In the U.S. alone, there's 500,000 small businesses launching per month. 500,000 per month. That's wild. What's the fail rate? It's very high. It's 50% in the first 50%. year. Wow. Mm -hmm. And that's our goal is to lower that. Okay. So, so as you <laughs> look out, do you think that you know during the next economic recession, mm -hmm. hiccup, or crisis that we're going to see a uh, retraction of entrepreneurial efforts? So I don't, and, and I'll tell you why. What I think you'll see is not bullish growth and investment. I don't think you'll see less people opening businesses. And what's interesting is the majority of business owners don't necessarily launch a business because they want to make millions of dollars. They launch it because they either see a need they think they can fill mm -hmm. or they have a passion to work for themselves. I mean, that's generally, I mean, there's a lot of things in between yeah. that book in. Yeah. And if you look past in the economy, when it dips or elevates, that doesn't change a lot. What changes are fail rates. So once okay. those businesses launched, fails rates go up very high in, in lower economies. And generally that's because the, the capital that's usually put out for these businesses, whether those are loans, equity, SBA, government funding, really drops. Yeah. But I think that passion and maverick sense of I can do it doesn't change much and that's really speaking in the US mm -hmm. so so you mentioned some of the things that are supporting entrepreneurs and forwarding their efforts I'm curious some of the things that are are hindering 
Mm-hmm. What's standing in the way of entrepreneurs being successful? So the number one hindrance of any founder is time. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, I don't say that flippantly. It is, it's really interesting when you, when you start a business, um, it is all on you for the first couple of years, period. And I say yeah. you as the owner or right. the two co-founders. And that's whether you're in a bakery or you're in the high growth business. And there's always 24 hours in a day, right? Unless someone figures out how to change that. But so time, it, it is interesting too. And I used to talk to people like Ted Turner or Michael Dell and others that is still the barrier in their lives. I mean, Ted used to wear slip-on shoes because he figured out how much time it took to tie his shoes. I mean, he, he his whole thing was about time and, and he still is, excuse me. So, um, but I think that will always be the biggest barrier. Now, efficiencies have come up to give us more time in our lives, right? Which is great. That's a great piece of technology uh, that technology has helped. Um, the second is capital. I mean, it if you, it, it, it exponentially changes as those categories I spoke about evolve. So uh, a white male, a male of color, a gay male, and then you get into a woman, and these are, this is going down, a woman of color, a woman of color, disabilities. Mm-hmm. I mean, those exponentially go down on the amount of capital that you're likely to get. And that is in the loan infrastructure and the banking world, that is in venture, that is in grants. Um, so that capital, any founder is going to tell you money is always their biggest issue, whether it's cash flow or getting money um, after the time issue. But um, if you really look at data, that's where the barriers just start getting huge as it relates to where you come from. Um, and then you can splice education in that. And generally, mm-hmm. that's not how you're educated. It's where, because where your network is. If you're Harvard Stanford, you're going to have a network of peers who have access to capital. If you're Texas A&M, like I was, mm-hmm. that's just like a different thing, right? Right. So, um, so I think time and capital is, is definitely um, you know, the two biggest barriers. And then what are some of the other, maybe the cultural trends that are supporting mm-hmm. entrepreneurs to be awesome, successful? Oh, man. Um, I, entrepreneurs, I feel like, have become a real respected part of society. Mm-hmm. Used to, it's, it's the lawyer, doctor, who are also entrepreneurs, but, you know, lawyer, doctor, or you go into a big corporate job. And it's like, what? You're starting your own thing in a basement by yourself, you know? Now, I mean, entrepreneurs are almost seen as rock stars. You know, they, they grace the covers of lifestyle magazines, not just business magazines. So I think this whole culture of entrepreneurship has mm-hmm. become very respected, um, almost even sought after in a funny way, glamorized. Um, so I think that's one thing. I think second is, um, again, this ability to start a business because of digital in such yeah. an easier way. Um, so I think those are probably the two biggest thing that has, has struck this ability. And so you, because of your perspective, you work at the national level, at the local level, in the global level. Mm-hmm. What are some of the entrepreneurial ecosystems and mm-hmm. efforts that are exciting you? Oh, man. Um, so very different in each country, but I do think the coolest part is networks. So... And we see just very high success rates if an entrepreneur joins a network while they're building. That could be a local chamber of commerce. It could be your veteran who joined Bunker Labs, like mm-hmm. I said. Um, all over the world, you're seeing these awesome accelerators pop up, even in the smallest of emerging economies. 
um, great programs like the Global Entrepreneur Network. So you're seeing these more infrastructure on supporting the founder themselves um, to get peer-to-peer mentorship, to get education, extended learning, a shoulder to cry on. Um, So this whole network, I mean, the whole notion of an accelerator program that did not exist before 10 years ago. I mean, there Mm -hmm. were some, but it's super rare. And now they're really popping up all over the place. Um, And the ones that I get really excited about is when you see um, in these small countries um, where I used to be there because a civil war just happened or a huge health crisis, but then you see these small incubators pop up, right? To, um, To support businesses. And some of them are based on an industry, some of them are purely location-based, some are uh, gender-specific. I don't care. I just love them. I yeah. think they're great. And, and, and most people these days really want peer-to-peer support. Um, so what did you just raise money six months ago? Tell me everything versus someone who did it 10, 20 years ago. Yeah. So. I think things are changing so rapidly yeah. that the peer experience is far more relevant. Yeah, it's, le- it's less intimidating. you know. And then if maybe you look like me, or you've been through similar barriers, that's even more, I think, enticing to yeah. open up. <clears throat> so, I mean, you've, you've dropped so many hints along the way and great data points. Where can people connect with you, learn more about what you're doing, how you're doing it? Yeah, so, um, so for our network, we're helloos.com. And, you know, I encourage folks to go on there, register, even if you just have an idea and join one of these networks. We, we promote them big time. Um, and we don't keep people on else. We actually push you to that resource, which is really cool. Uh, with me personally, um, I actually love Twitter. I'm a big t- fan of Twitter because mm-hmm. I like bite-sized pieces of information. It's easier to communicate. So I'm at Elizabeth Gore um, anytime. And then um, we are doing events all over the country where we're hosting in person because people still like to see each other, believe it or not. Um, and so we have one in Sonoma County on March 27th I'm really excited about. And then we're in Miami, we're in Houston, we're all over the place. We're at South by Southwest for 10 days, my goodness. Um, and you can find all those either on my Twitter or on Hello Alice. And those really vary by are they they're workshop based for businesses or they're very specific for women. I mean, veterans are all over the place. So, so in in my world, I see you as one of these entrepreneurial rock stars that you mentioned earlier. Nice. And at the same time, you have uh, the ability to balance being a mother mm-hmm. and a wife. Can you talk a little bit about that experience? Yeah. Sure. Um, well, my number one job in the world is my children. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is just the most awesome experience. I'm a, I'm a parent in my 40s of little kids, which is also a little different, I think, uh, and I love it. But it's, I'll just say it's a balancing act, yeah. not a balance. So um, I was just thinking of last night, actually, someone on a high wire, and you have that big pole, right? And so it's got to go this way to the right. It's got to go to the left. Um, right. It's not equilibrium. Never. It never is. And um, I also have a husband I'm very proud of who's a local elected official. And, you know, I really like to support his public service. Um, and then we have a very large family, which is really interesting. So we have probably 50 relatives that live, and most of which lost their, their houses recently, right? So that you just never know what's coming at you. Yeah. So what, what I like to think about is being present where you are. So when I'm with the babies, 
don't have my phone, don't try to be on a conference call, just be with them. Even if it's only, I only get to them for 30 minutes because I had to go to the city all day. But that's our time, right? When I'm at work, I try not to be guilty <laughs> that I'm not with my children and mm-hmm. really focus in on that. When I'm with my husband, can I really focus in on him? That is easier said than done. I will absolutely be the first to say that. If I'm rested, I can do that great. If I'm exhausted because I've been traveling or when the kids are sick, then that's really hard for me. But it is something that I aspire. The other thing is we, we get a lot of help and we're not shy about it. One of the reasons we moved from Washington, D.C. back home is to have family around us because we want our children to be loved and supported. Um, we have an extraordinary um, woman who's been with us for five years uh, who's, who's taking care of me, my children, our property who's part of our family. Um, my mom just moved here, which just changed my life as it relates to my children. Yeah. So um, I think in whatever form help can come, it's important. And the other thing a lot of people don't talk about is aging parents. Most of us will have someone in our life who we have to care for, an aunt, an uncle, a parent, as they go through their aging process. And I feel like that is as big of a deal as your children. And so, um, you know, that's another area of ask for help. You know, make sure you're also taking care of yourself. Um, and then I'm, <clears throat> I exercise a lot. It's my way of calming down because I'm a super amped person. And so I, I absolutely have to do that. There is no, and then we party a lot. We have a great time. I mean, our family is a blast. Everyone knows we love our wine. And so, you know, it's, it's a little mix of everything. Um, and when times do get overwhelming, like fires or an illness, um, you know, it's all hands on deck and everything else has to stop. And the funny thing about all this is all that other crap is still there when you come back. Right. You know, and it yeah. hasn't changed that much. You know, that's why I tell my employees, if whether they're on maternity leave or my co-founder lost her father last year, and it's like, this will all still be here. You know? We don't, yeah. you know, and also we're not CIA agents. Like the world's not going to stop. So, <laughs> I really appreciate you sharing some of the more personal aspects of sure, your of journey of as well. Um, I teach a class at the JC on entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. so I'm wondering if you have any words of wisdom for the the up and coming entrepreneurial uh-huh. cohort. Oh wow! Well, first is do it. I mean, we, a lot of people have great ideas, but to actually go start a business is a hell of an undertaking. And I admire anyone who does. So even, you know, and guess what? If you start five, three are probably not going to work. And that's cool. And you learn enough to where you go to the next one, right? That's one. You know, the second one is, um, I'm still learning this, is, is more specific. And it's about capital. Um, we always need more money than we think we do. This is my company, us mm-hmm. speaking. And, at, and now we work with 100,000 owners a day. And I hear that all the time. If you're going to raise $2 million, you probably need three. If you're going to go for a $300,000 loan, you probably need a little bit more than that. The other thing is to, when you have capital, to go get more because that's when people want to give it to you. It's really interesting. Um, we, I tell women especially because women especially tend to like only get what they think they barely need. We're just so frugal. But if you go out and get a, a seed raise or a Series A equity funding, is exactly when you should also get a line of capital, a uh, excuse me, a line of credit, mm-hmm. which is never going to hurt you if you don't touch it. But no one's going to give you a line of credit when you don't have any money in the bank. And then suddenly when you need it, you know, it's like, shit, I don't have it. Yeah. So, so, um, so capital, being capital 
intensive is important. And I, whether that is also, it's just you have your own cash flow because you've been smart about getting good customers. You know, you put as much of that as a way in the early days of your business, even mm -hmm. if it is, a, is making you grow slower because that capital will go away. One of the questions I asked Michael Dell when I had the honor of working for him for a while, was like, what, what keeps you up at night? And he said, cash flow. And all I can think of is they're almost a trillion dollar company and he's still worried about cash flow. And it's my number one worry with our tiny company. <laughs> so being capital smart, capital intensive, mm -hmm. um, what can make it or break even the most awesome of businesses. And so um, I think it's, it's just something to pay attention to. Mm -hmm. Most of us, the majority of owners have no finance background either. And so, you know, you have to work hard to learn all that. I so appreciate your time. Oh, my pleasure. Taking, uh, this is so fun. This conversation. So any last words, calls to action before I leave you? You know, just do it is one. Uh, launch the business. And, but also bring other people along with you. You know, if, you've, if you're privileged to have access in whatever form that is, mm -hmm. and you can help other owners, that's why we started Alice, was, is bring them along with you. And then when it's your turn to need help, hopefully someone will help you. We're relying on entrepreneurs to disrupt, to innovate, to create better models, to connect disconnected systems, to create more integrated services, and to create improved experiences for consumers, for users, and for society as a whole. Entrepreneurs are able to take the risks that well-established organizations and institutions do not. We don't see Shell or Chevron doing much solar R&D. We don't see Ford or GM investing in electric vehicles until Tesla came along. We didn't see banks really innovating until there was some pressure from the folks like PayPal, Venmo, Bitcoin. Governments not beta testing liquid democracy or better voting systems. So we're relying on entrepreneurs to create a better, more functioning, less friction-filled society. Like Elizabeth said, we've elevated the role of entrepreneur in our current culture to that of rock star. But I think it's real important to also remember, not all of us are entrepreneurs. Some of us are number twos, number threes, number forties. Not all of us need to be the leader but all leaders need a support team. I've found incredible joy and learnings in being part of many entrepreneurial efforts, yet I've never started my own. If you're interested in the entrepreneurial ecosystem or think you have a great idea, like Elizabeth said, just start, get out there, meet some folks who are doing it, collaborate with some folks whose ideas you're passionate about, and let's together help further the entrepreneurial efforts that's gonna save the world, that's gonna create more jobs and drive a more resilient economy. A big thanks to my buddy Jay Lately for providing the music and the sponsorship of the Onward podcast. Jay Lately is a hip hop artist out of Oakland who dedicates his time to enriching the lives of youth in Oakland and around the states through his music, through his words, and through his poetry. Interested in sponsoring the podcast yourself? Get at me, dweinsveg at gmail.com. That's D-W-E-I-N-Z-V-E-G. And last but certainly not least, a huge thanks to all my listeners, all my followers, and all my supporters. 
Make sure to subscribe to Onward at soundcloud.com backslash Onward. Find us at the iTunes podcast store or Anchor FM. And if you would be so kind as to leave a review, a little words, a few stars go a long way. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Onward. Until next time, Onward and Upward.